What is up? Welcome to Iowa Drinks, the Iowa Drinks podcast. Here, wherever you get your podcast, if you like our podcast, you should rate, subscribe, and review, and tell us how much you're enjoying it. It's been a while, Bruno, since we've been on. Mm-hmm. How are you, my friend? I am doing fantastic. Was the last time? No, we got together with um, Nassif. That was the last one. No, Burchett. Burchett was the last. When we one. did the okay. uh, barrel. Barrel launch. Well, we're we're broadcasting down here, or we're podcasting. There's a difference in Ken's the not so secret speakeasy, and I, you guys should have seen it. I picked up that Mississippi River uh, brewing or distilling. Not we're doing brewing today. The Mississippi River Distilling Company barrel carried it over my head down the stairs here into Ken's. I know, and you're flipping it around here. like you're. Uh, it looks lovely. You look like uh, one of those. Uh, one of those strongest men of the world contest, guys. It's good to be back. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot more of these. Bruno's got some really good stuff lined up over the next few weeks. Uh, really quick, give us a quick teaser, and then we'll bring on today's guest. A quick teaser of uh, oh, what uh, the schedule will bring. We're doing some Templeton Rye. Is that coming up? We're going to do, yeah, that's radio. Oh, well, we're going to have... We're going to do that for a podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to have Tim Grimes, so we got to work that out. Okay. Um, Tim Grimes is going to be in. There's going to be a tep, uh, Templeton Rye, uh, which was barrel, which was finished in Toppling Goliath kegs. So it's very much uh, reminiscent uh, of the of the stuff we saw from Cat's Eye from Optanium. That um, screams that, Iowa that, too. That was like it went crazy. That that stuff uh, was selling on the third party market. What the Optanium second party market? The TG finished uh, one sold for four hundred dollars a bottle. Didn't you get me one? Or yeah, they, they you, have it at Central got, City. You haven't bought it yet? I haven't gotten there to get you it. You better get it. I should, I'll do that right when we're done with this. <laughs> you might I, have to pay the new price for it. Bruno, I totally forgot. Well, I'm glad we talked about it. I am too. Introduce us, our, our guest. I, I'm meeting Dave Morgan for the first time. He seems like a, seems like a rad dude. He is... Uh, he <laughs> is... Uh, <laughs> it's the right era. <laughs> Dave and I have... Uh, I've uh, been working. This is our first uh, beer. You know, we promise we, we keep talking uh, whiskey, but uh, we uh, this is our first this beer. So you're uh, you're going to be our first beer guy. But Dave owns Single Speed Brewing, uh, started in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and uh, now uh, in the last couple of years, couple of years ago, they built in the old Wonder Red factory a beautiful one of the best, probably the coolest looking brewery in the state it really is because i like old i like the old building and then they're in this really big old building in in waterloo and so uh so we got dave here today to talk about he has an event coming up but we wanted to talk about his brewery too but he has the tip to cow uh 2021 event coming up uh um if you're catching this prior to the event which is this saturday yeah it's coming up quick january one six January, January 16th. 16th so we're so we're um kind of talking about that but we wanted to talk about all the beers that he has and all the interesting things I, that he's I've doing. been a fan of your brewery Dave for a long time and it's cool to it's cool to have you here the first time I really got any sort of I, the tricycle I've I always liked the cream ales for some reason it was one of the craft styles that I started on but right. then Gable came and uh at El Bait were you at El Bait shop the day that we tapped Gable there 
I, was well, Dan there that day? Yes. Yeah. I was not there the day Dan was you there. You weren't, okay. were you? Yeah. He was there with, uh, and he came on with me and Ross for, what, an hour? Right. right. And just, man, it was awesome. I and have this I, great picture of him. He's, like, pointing at me like I just told him. Like, I it. kept threatening the idea that uh, I wanted to ask him about if pro wrestling uh, is is harder to, to accomplish than, uh, than uh, Olympic wrestling. Jeff. Then the coconut migration is one of my all-time favorite beers, by the uh, way. I've got that picture. Um, I love that. And then picture. I want to get the. It looks like migration. he's teaching me a lesson. He well, looks like he's about ready to like break my finger well, off. Or I saw it and I loved it because I think you're wearing uh, some sort of article of clothing with the Japanese flag on it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I figured I'm, he was just giving Adidas you grief for Adidas. being un-American. That could be. It could be. You know, when we put uh, when we put tip the cow on in Carroll, my mom went crazy for it, and so did everyone on at the brewery. Um, that beer is great. And I love that you're doing all these different variations, uh, variants for the tip to cow day. Um, we're going to work our way through it, but first we're drinking, uh, we're drinking the sour. Which one is this? Yeah, I thought I'd start as light. You know, I know you guys do a lot of spirits on Iowa drinks and that's kind of, it's one of the angles you work and we're going to get into some, uh, some barrel aged stuff, but I wanted to talk, uh, wood age to kind of stay on theme. And this, this has not been in spirit. So this is our fooder age, golden sour, a fooder. For anybody mm-hmm. listening, is it's a big oak tank essentially. So if you want to think Learned about it, something new today, a big barrel. It, it's just a big barrel. So it's American white oak um, that we keep culture alive in. And, and this is uh, so this would be the third rendition of our golden sour. Um, we call the golden sour slightly heightened conversation. This one has been hit with lemon and hibiscus. So we're rebranding it. And we're going to call this one fun filled. It drops, uh, I don't know, February or something along those lines. It's bottle conditioning right now. So I brought you guys a bottle that's a uh, a work in progress. I think we're five weeks into bottle conditioning on this one. So carbonation levels adequate, but it's going to continue to go a little bit more yet. And, um, yeah, it's really good. And That's I'm not generally a sour guy. Dave, d- Dave does fun. it right. He, uh, is very hard on his, uh, his beers and, and, and wants to only put out the best stuff. And this is really good. Um, you know, I, I have a list, and Chris, I don't know if you've paid attention to my shared document that keeps expanding and growing, but I, I, I have have, it, I have it pulled up here right now, and uh, and I was going to ask uh, that first question, um, and just tell us a story, because I kind of briefly touched on it, but tell us a story of how you got into the brewery in Waterloo and, and the steps it took before that and all the things you were involved with. Right, I can back up here real quick. There's structure to this. Is that what you're saying? You've got no. quite. Well, I wanted to talk about coconut migration because it right. it give it gives me a eggplant emoji. We, we can talk about coconut migration. Big double IPA uh, collab but, with Pulpit Rock. But I mean, I don't want to step all over the big beer guy. Bruno. Rusted on pureed eggplant. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> but uh, no, so I think we just came up with a beer. <laughs> yeah. Didn't we? Oh my! That so, sounds, that sounds disgusting. like a fooder beer for sure. Uh, so yeah, most of the podcasts I've been on this, they haven't been this organized. So I got to get, I got to get this ready to go. Jeff. So you asked about me. You asked about the construction, a uh, yeah. single single speed when we well, expanded, no construction, like, we no, the whole into? story, no. Yeah. Uh, um, because I remember going to your brewery for the first time, uh, your little tiny one in Cedar yeah. Falls. But uh, then when I talked to you, uh, and got to know you more, realize that you have restaurants and other things that you've done prior to that. And I didn't know right. all those things. So, right. So, yeah. So our brewery started in 2012, just a 1700 square foot facility in Cedar Falls, Iowa, right on, right in the heart of the downtown area there. 
beautiful little district. If you guys ever get up to Cedar Falls, if you've been up there, they've got a nice little territory in the downtown area that the city's really proud of, and they should be. There's some cool stuff down there. Um, that's where we started, and that's where we're still at with our research and development facility. Um, not so active right now, um, not because we don't need R&D, but we don't have – it's only 1,700 square feet, in ter- including the brewery, so we can't get a lot of people in there to, to test the product. So R&D is a, a slow process right now. We're not brewing over there a whole heck of a lot. We just, there's no room to get people in there and, and get through the beer. But um, when, when we get post, post-COVID times here, we'll pack that place back up and then use the R&D facility a little bit more. And it's uh, super cool. I would say what? Uh, cozy is probably the best word That's for it. Super tiny. Yeah. I was, when I looked at that, I'm like, how is this guy even making a go of it? It's, I mean, right. it's really small. It's and you were sitting, I'm like, and they're doing food? Yeah, yeah. a little bit of food. <sighs> But uh, there's always something interesting there. It was back in the days when I was traveling and going to every every brewery I could possibly go to, especially here in Iowa. And it, uh, it I was I was really impressed, and that, like I say, that's before I even know who you were. I mean, we I tried to have you come down a little giant a few times, and right. it was like impossible. And you're like, well, I'm gonna go on this bike ride, and I've got this other thing going. I'm gonna try to. I'm like, this guy's a nerd. Like, what? <laughs> Get down here. Come where it's no. out. Let's make. I tried this thing. Didn't weren't a couple of his beers of Dave's beers in Little Giant this year? I swear oh, I bought oh, some. Oh, for sure. Now, yeah, I mean, I, now, now he's a. I mean, now, now I've got a. What is this? A Patagonia shirt? You look good. Speed. Yeah, you look good. I mean, I've that's. How I want one of those. I've arrived. Um, I uh, yeah, I, I had the Zach's Mexican Donuts. I believe was on. That would make sense. I yeah. think that one was on. Um, I already mentioned coconut migration. That that's one of my favorites. Uh, I can't remember. There, there, you, you had a couple of them on, though. That, 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 that coconut really migration reminds me of, uh, you know, we were talking about it before yes, we went on. Yes, the The donut one. Double donuts. Double donuts. Yeah, that one was really good, too. Dude, I was listening to, uh, I don't know which one of your guys' uh, episodes of this. I was listening. To, I've, I've heard them all. And, and one of them, you were talking about Knob Creek. Yeah. And you brought yeah. up Knob Creek a little bit. And I don't know a ton about spirits, but it, I was I almost turned the car around. I was like, man, we did double donuts. So double donuts wasn't in Knob Creek barrels. I think it was Cedar Ridge barrels, um, except for one barrel. We did Knob Creek because we got our hands on it through a, a local Hy-Vee. Um, and then we kept that independently and, and packaged it off with just cinnamon and vanilla and kind of a heavy hand on the cinnamon and vanilla for us. We're usually... Well, if you have Zach's Mexican Donuts, you'll notice it's, you know, it's got cinnamon, a little cayenne, a little bit of vanilla, a little bit of chocolate, a little bit of coffee, but it doesn't blast you with any of those. Like we pride ourselves on restraint and being nuanced with those beers. Um, so you get it all, but it's not like smacky in your face and like, oh, I don't really want another one or like, that was awesome. I don't want another one. We want you to be able to sit down and have a couple. Um, our brewers pride themselves on restraint and, and making sure they get everything in there. With that version of Double Donuts that was in the Knob Creek, they hit it pretty hard with vanilla and cinnamon. And what the Knob Creek barrel did to that beer was distinctly different from what the Cedar Ridge barrels wow. tasted like, which is was a little bit eye-opening to me. I think Knob Creek's one of the best out there. As a spirit novice, not yeah. knowing how much of an impact the yeah, actual... Yeah, your favorite whiskey is tequila. My favorite whiskey is tequila. <laughs> and before that, it was vodka. <laughs> <laughs> so I've transitioned. Um, but I wish I would have brought some of that down because... Uh, well, hold some. I, I think you guys us. would have enjoyed well, you it. You can always come back. I'll see yeah. if we. I'll, <laughs> I'll see if I can get some crawl it no, off, maybe sounds, and run it down. That sounds really, uh, really good. I. It makes me think that you were always talking about how you're always poo-pooing the idea of doing all these over-the-top beers, and you you even had a you had some kind of beer release you would do, and it was always about the yeah. 
what was that called? Or you not do this anymore? Save the whales, bro. Save the whales, bro. Yeah. So you're not. So you have you uh, abandoned that idea now that you're one of the you're putting out whales. We had trouble monetizing it. Yeah, that's why I would put that. We had trouble monetizing that concept. What's of funny like, is so do whales. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know what we're talking about here, uh, whales are are uh, hard to get beers. Mammals. Once, yeah, they're mammals. Big ones. They are. They not are not a fish. Not a fish, like George Costanza <laughs> kept trying to push. The sea uh, was angry that day, my friend. <laughs> I love that episode. Like uh, an old man trying to send back soup at a deli. Was that a Titleist? <laughs> <laughs> we should just do an entire... He was foot tall if he was a ten... It was ten stories if he was a foot, I tell you. <laughs> we just need to do an entire Seinfeld episode. No, that'd be good. At some point. That would be good. Uh, but yeah, no, the uh, whales... Whales are hard to get beers. Beers that they make a big deal out of, you know... Uh, if you've ever if you've ever seen somebody lined up outside of uh, of a brewery uh, waiting to get in, camping out, they're waiting for whales. Uh, in fact, uh, friends uh, out in out in eastern Iowa too, uh, Big Grove have beers called Richard the Whale. We actually talked about this on the radio uh, last week, but Dave, I think it'd be interesting to get your thoughts on it. So Ross, we're gonna bring Ross on in a minute. We only have three headsets, so he's just sitting here listening in. I called He's Ross. Beers. Like I, I called Ross. It would have been the day of our last show before Christmas, so it would have been the twenty third, and I was just jubilant, like I was bouncing off the walls because I found two bottles of Bourbon County. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah!" I forgot. I was like, "We talked about this." Yeah, we did. I'm like, "Yes!" At your house, or where did you find it? No, I found them at a little tiny little grocery store <laughs> in Iowa. He thought he okay. scored. He's like, "Oh yeah, the one place in the world I, no I, one looked." Yeah, I thought that I just like <laughs> struck gold, and then I and then I went down to my parents like a couple days later, and I went to Hy-Vee, and I'm like, "Yes, Bourbon <laughs> County." <laughs> and then then Bruno told me that. They're a lot more common now. So you guys were talking well, about they whales. they just make a lot more of it. Yeah. You, you, you were talking about the whale beer. And here I thought, like, I'm like, man, I'm going to go in the black market and sell these. And it's like, oh, everybody else has them too. Anyways, that was completely off topic. But um, what, is, what are you uh, opening This is going to go in a different direction. Uh, and I don't, Oh, that looks like orange juice. And I know Ross isn't a big fan of the New England. Here, let's bring Ross in. The spring here, Ross. I'm gonna. Here, Ross can take my headset. Oh, okay. You're very generous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, Ross. We can get it. We can uh, put a beer. We can open a beer that you won't like, and then we can. Yeah, talk right. Get him on here with that one. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I'm I'm glad to talk to Dave for just a minute because the uh, that Funfeld's fantastic. Oh, and thank I, you. I love that the hibiscus and the lemon, uh, like set off that sour. It's almost like that's that's what sours are supposed to be right uh, christmas eggplants you know can you ex- <laughs> if, if you could break down vegetables and fruits and things to him i think we could start there yeah <laughs> i did write the eggplant idea down it's, it's i got it all right so, be a good yeah that really should be you did the, the, the purple do, throbber can i ask him before we <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, make it a purple sour beer and intentionally quiet right now the uh <laughs> <laughs> the fooder aged thing. Can you can we talk about that for a second? Because I was Are I wondered sure th- that is just simply oak barrels that haven't been used for any sort of other alcohol previously. Correct. Okay. So and, and you reuse it. So it's a, it's almost like a tank in our facility. They're also vertical. You can think of a barrel, but they're vertical. They're right. I mean the one you have is probably about what six foot yeah foot, about eight so. foot wide diameter, and it goes up about 
eight foot. Yep, 20, oh, barrel, okay. wow. 20 barrels in size, wow. which matches our smallest fermentation vessels, if you want to think about it. It's 20 barrels in size, so that's 40 kegs. Um, beerish in there. And that uh, that compares to, like, I, I understand the difference between kettle sours and the ones that are just kind of pumped yeah. full of lactose and all that, and I can taste the difference. This obviously is a lot closer to that kettle sour, even like beyond that, and that's it. That, I mean, but it's it's in that line, in that in that range somewhere. Yeah, I would say so. Um, what I think brings this one back a little bit towards uh, a kettle sour note is the lemon. The lemon really mm-hmm. brightens that acidity and, yeah. and um, doesn't. I don't want to say uh, messes with the funk that's provided by the Britannomyces, which is is the primary uh, fermenter over there in in wood. But uh, the lemon, you know, was reminiscent to me of like, oh, this is something that I could drink in in Jan- in July. Yeah, it's nice and hot yeah. and crush, and maybe was a kettle soured beer. And then all of a sudden, in this particular one, you start to experience that funk and that depth and that little more character that's underlying there. Mm-hmm. And that's what you get out of a, a, a wood aged sour yeah. Yeah. Well, that you might not good. get out of a kettle sour. And what you, which well, I love. I mean, I love pounding kettle sour. Well, and what you need to know about mm-hmm. kettle sours—they're all—they're all really great. But kettle sours are purposely soured out of the gate. They're—they right. you put uh, acidulated malt and or even lactic acid in them. You can just you can make a yeah, you can take a regular acid. beer and pour lactic yeah. lactic in it, which is basically like how you would make like this. I think uh, to let you know to let listeners know what lactic acid is is essentially what Sour Patch Kids are. It's a it's crystallized uh, sourness. Is the best what, way to put it. What, what we do, I mean, the way that we do it is a little bit more akin to yogurt. So lactobacillus is what sours most yogurts. So some strain of lactobacillus and we pitch that in right so away you, so you do something that actively ch- changes the beer lowers the pH. sour lowers the mm-hmm. ph yes. and the other what we're saying is i mean there's all different ways to do it but this is more right. of a natural this is the old way to do it kettle sours right. are a speedy way to do it that's another way to put it what you have is something that has to take some time you can turn kettle sours in a couple of weeks just like a normal beer yeah. it just takes a little more time and on the hot side uh, you know, to get yeah. that pH drop to go through. Whereas this wood age stuff is, which is going to give you more depth and more character. People will hate on kettle sours, not as much as they did one or two years ago. I was never one of those guys. I mean, kettle sour. Like, They're good. A good goza, man, all day long. I remember mm-hmm. going to 515 and they it. made one of their their beers. Uh, they made it, they had a jug of, of stuff that would sour it up and it was good. It's just, you know, 4% sour. It's a refreshing, it's like, it's like lemonade, right? It's just different. It's just, but it's just it's a different, different way to right, go. Right. And right. I, take, I think that was the last kind of uh, uh, sours were the last beers that my palate came around to, and now I love them. Like I'm almost exclusively sours and stout guy, and that's why Bruno was talking about as he poured your uh, uh, tree hugger here that maybe I'll wait till you open up the two cows and the better than <laughs> cake. Oh, <laughs> uh, we need to get that. Uh, uh, what is it? Ca- cafe. What is it? The calf. Tip, tip the calf. Tip the calf. Tip the calf. Like the the mini tip the cow. Yeah, yeah. That, so you had that one sitting out here, and I'm I'm a huge tip the cow guy. Like Bruno was talking about, that's a great beer you've made. But this is like a variant of it. Yeah, we need to get tip the calf out. I, I, it's how long cool, have you how long have you been right doing now. this? Tip the calf or no, tip the cow day? Beer, beer, brewing. Oh, general. beer. Yeah. Uh, twenty twelve. Did you know that it's good to keep it cold if you're going to drink it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends yeah, how much if you want to warm it up a little bit. right? Well, I understood. Yeah. You don't want it ice yeah. cold. This isn't Coors, right. uh, Coors Light, but uh, you're, it's your year eight. They, uh, they cover that Bruno. So he's right around the corner. But the, t- but the, uh, the Tesla, you know, it's so, uh, keeps, keeps the hot side hot and the cold side cold. You got such good insulation. You're not going to chill down your beer by putting it in your trunk. Does a Tesla even have a trunk? Intentionally quiet. (laughs) (laughs) But I have tip the calves on the ice right now, so we can crack into it whenever you want. I just have to metal metal winning. Go grab it. 
medal winning. Right. Tip the calf. Yeah, tell us about that. Great American beer. Fest. So tip the cap. So tip the cow is something we've had. Uh, you know, it, it's a flagship beer for us. It's year round. Cocoa espresso milk stout, six and a half percent, give or take. ABV thick. You know, when you think about milk stout, you think about lactose and mouth coating and full body. It's got all of that. When people start to think about stout, sometimes they immediately go to Guinness and they think a little bit bitter. A milk stout is not that. You know, the lactose really sweetens it up. You know, we hit it with Ecuadorian cocoa nibs. We also hit it with locally roasted sidecar coffee roasters espresso. Really rounds that beer out. We've been proud of that beer forever. We have entered it in the We only enter our beers. There are a lot of beer competitions. And a lot of people have opinions on beer competitions, just like they do on kettle soured beer and whatever. We only enter two, in our opinion. The World Beer Cup. World Beer Cup happens every other year. And, we, the, and the one that's easiest to get a gold medal in? Great American Beer Festival. Just kidding. Those are the two hardest ones to get medals Two in. hardest. And yeah. those are the only two we enter. Great American Beer Festival is every year in Denver. It's only American beers. And to capture the gold for a session milk stout, uh, to capture gold at any time there is amazing because... We have 7,000 breweries in America. Now they don't all enter. Right. You got to enter it, but you only enter it if you think you're going to win. You so. only enter it if you think you got a shot, right? So, if you think so it's a well-crafted beer. That's and, uh, and really it's cool. Crazy. That's what I've always found amazing about Iowa is that when we have won medals for our beer at, at the GABF, uh, we've only gotten gold until recently, I guess, but a lot of them we were hitting gold every time. Right, if we hit. Wait, 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 and, and I'm talking about like, six to eight right. medals but still it's pretty good we only have 100 breweries out of seven thousand. dave can you walk me through like the actual logistics of uh you know deciding you, you taste this beer you realize man this is really good we should we might have a shot at winning this thing or, or at least we should enter so you enter it how do you make sure you're getting your best beer to that place for those judges in that moment right so it does take um it does take some effort so one are you going to grab those Gosh, yeah. thanks uh, one, um, you want to enter by category. So you get judged like, sure, is this good beer? Like that's, it's gotta be good beer, but is it actually entered appropriately? Like, are you in the right category? So every year we were entering tip the cow and I mentioned it was an espresso infused. I was entering it in coffee beer. I think two or three years of running. We loved it. And in the coffee beer description, it says, Hey, coffee needs to play a role. Does not have to be the driver just needs to be integrated. And I'm like, dude, we're going to enter it every year. We, we got Everybody loves this beer. And every year the judges notes would come back. Not enough coffee. And every year I'm like, these motherfuckers. Yeah. Right. I'm like, it says right here. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be that loud. Drink this. It tastes like a chocolate covered espresso bean. So, but they're, I mean, they're the judges. They're right. We're not right. Um, so we stopped entering that in that category and started to enter it in milk stout just this last year. And the year before that, we entered Tip the Calf in the Session Milk Stout category because we really wanted to, we really liked it. And we're like, what happens if we get it? So when you get into a Session Beer category, you have to pick the the, the subcategory, essentially. So we say, hey, we're going to be a Session Beer, but it's meant to be a Milk Stout. Mm -hmm. So then they grade it like a Milk Stout within that category because you could enter pale ale you right, could right. you could you could enter you know, what did, what's beer. the cool. qualification for session under five i believe for judging purposes is it five, five for yeah. abv okay yeah some people will tell you four um yeah. but yeah we're at four and a half like everything that all seems that seems to be right. sliding when sessions first came out i felt like there were three percent two. Here. Two. was it two however low it has i'm to all be right so with it drink six. I'm, I'm all right with it so we're going that we're going the right way i'll tell you that it varies by person well, so, well, well i'll go ahead i didn't mean to how do you make here. sure the beer gets there and it's good so one you got to make sure you get it entered in the right core category two you got to craft a really good beer then three you have to get the packaging state date appropriate because you need to send it out like i think six or eight weeks ahead mm. of judging 
because it's a big project for them to get all these beers from across the country, get them all sorted, and then get them set up for judges tasting. You know, so they need a lot of time in front of it. So that's that's essentially how you make sure that it's you you follow your packaging protocols, you follow your production protocols, and then you get that stuff out there. That's really cool that you had it in uh, that you were you were putting. Uh, tip the cow in that <laughs> the wrong category essentially every year those judges notes came back what i thought you I were going to say was that somehow there was a, a, a variant between espresso and coffee that they were pulling on you that they were mad about her or <laughs> now you do have to tell them which one it is yeah but uh beer no, snobs they never got that that's the way we are man it's, <laughs> a, it's an unfortunate side effect so here's one of the things that i always pick up on and if it's a whiskey bottle or i i'm i'm a marketer i like to look at packaging and how different breweries and different distilleries will, you know, create their brand. You have a very unique one. All of these beers, especially if you go onto the singlespeedbrewing.com, uh, I've seen a lot of the, the cans. They're all very distinct and they're colorful. They're, um, I don't want to say cartoonish, but uh, how would you describe it and how did you settle on that for your brand? Because I find it to be very unique. Well, the guy that handles our branding, he, I, I know I, I talk to him about branding pretty regularly because as we release new beers, I, I try to give him the inspiration for the graphics and, and where to go with it. Um, a lot of times based upon, you know, what the beer should taste like or the concept behind the beer. Um, so for our core, we're just very clean. He, he likes our core identity to be very clean. So if you go down the aisle at Hy-Vee. Um, I know what beers you make. Right. You'll they, see stand, they stand out on yeah, the shelf, definitely. Top. And then where he has liberty to do more fun stuff, if you want to say cartoonish or maybe a little bit louder graphically, is within our series beers. So our shift into sour series beers, the cans get a little louder. Um, our nimble series beers, which is what the citrus tree hugger is yeah. here, the collab with the guys over, guys and girls over at Gazelic. Um, that one can be a little bit louder, and, and they stand out a little bit more. Um, we just started the, the decelerated series which we finally branded our wood age stuff. So the food or age beer that we have. I'm, I'm, um, I'm jacked about these decelerateds. Yeah, these look too. amazing. So he tries to, he, he tries to do families, I guess, but, um, his strength is not in, um, art or drawing or, or stuff along those lines. It's graphics. Yeah. So all of our stuff is graphically based, if you will. Yeah. It's just like a logo yeah. or a picture right. that, yeah, like you said, it's a graphic, and you identify right. the beer from there. And he's huge on clean, so he tries to keep everything clean, but then does get a little bit louder when he gets into the funky series stuff. What made you guys those change? Good those are good words for it, clean yeah. and yeah. colorful. What made you guys change up the Gable can? Well, Because uh, it used to be 20, yellow. 2020 Olympics, you watched them, right? <laughs> is that what it was? Because it is. A, yeah, it, it went from being like a black and Hawkeye gold. can to right. an American can. Is right. how I would just. That's right. So with black and gold. You know, you know, Dan was obviously a cyclone when he competed. Mm-hmm. Dan Gable, and then he wrestled for the United States in the Olympics. So he was an American. He's an American the whole time. But that's what he was representing was the USA. And then he coached. A lot of people know him as the coach of Iowa, legendary coach, probably the best coach of all time. Um, so when we identified with him, we went. We went black and gold out the gate and went black and gold on the can. And Dan was on board with that. But Dan even mentioned early on, man, you know, he's a hawk guy. I mean, through and through, he's not going to deny that. But at the same point in time, he's he's for the sport of wrestling. Mm-hmm. And to, to a degree, he's kind of just pro-USA in general. Mm-hmm. He wants USA to kick ass and he wants yeah. uh, Gable Beer to kick ass. And he wants everything that he's in touch with to kick ass. And he didn't. he wanted to make sure the black and gold didn't hurt. So when I pitched him the idea of on the Olympic year going red, white, and blue, 
and going out and just maybe doing it for a year. He was excited, and now I know he really – well, we got two years of it now because 2021 Olympics are going right. to happen. So we're going to stay in red, white, and blue for that, but I think we're going to stay there. Really? He, he really likes it. Um, it's more encompassing in, in terms of, like, how he wants the brand portrayed, and we're not going to argue. Was that hard? We talked to him about this. I remember that day. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you never know. I mean, he's a coach, and he's a very – he's got some big walls there. Um, was it hard to convince him to do the alcohol thing? I mean, I mean, he's got such a clean brand and image. And I, I'm yeah. a beer guy, so you're not. This is not coming from a bad place, right? I mean, and I love wrestling, and I love Dan Gable. When this came out, there was a moment that I thought, "Wow, I wonder if these guys cleared this." Yeah, where was? I hope they did, because he's going to come armbar somebody. Right. <laughs> and and step, we don't want to be that guy. A step armbar. further, too. Like, how did the? How was that beer inspired? So the the story of the Gable beer. So I grew up in Northeast Iowa, New Hampton, just an hour north. Both my parents went to Waterloo West about the Dan Gable era. Um, I grew up wrestling, love the sport of wrestling to this day. Um, I've always idolized Dan. So I've got a bit of a wrestling. I'm just paying attention to wrestling as it progresses throughout my, yeah, I look, when I went to college, when I was in the weight room one day, the, the weight coach came out and asked me if I was a swimmer or a diver. Yeah. <laughs> so I know you guys can't see me, but yeah, I do not have a wrestler's body. I mean, Maybe yeah, no. But anyway, um, I thought that joke was going to go. I was in the I was in the weight room, and the guy came over and asked if I was a barbell. That's how that's how it went for me. I think that's where he was going with that. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that was his in, that was his intent. Like a little splash when he hit the water, right? Uh, but so, what was I talking about before I got into that? Yeah, we were talking well, about how, you got to, how you got to the Gable thing. Yeah. So, yeah. flying home from the craft beer festival, uh, the CBC Craft Brewers Conference, an educational thing that the Brewers Association throws. Flying home, I'm on the plane, had some time to think about stuff. A lot of times when I travel, I get some time alone, and you get out of your routine, mm-hmm. and your actually mind starts to work normally again, and get creative. And I thought about this on the on the flight home. So, where we were we were in the process of uh, of renovating that Wonder Bread factory. A block away is the National Hall of Fame for wrestling with Dan's name on it. Dan's from Waterloo. The brewery's in Waterloo. I love wrestling. I happened to know the director of the museum at that time, and I reached out, and I said, hey, I got an idea. I said, would Dan, would, would Dan entertain a meeting to talk about us making a beer and donating money back to the museum? I said, and here's the story. We want to make it a Munich Hellas, and <laughs> Dan won the Olympics in Munich in 1972. That style is gold by nature so the beer is going to be gold his metal was gold we can honor him on the can and we can donate some money back to the museum it's going to be good for downtown waterloo it's going to be good for the sport of wrestling i think it'll be cool if dan buys in i think it'd be really cool to him i don't know what he's going to think about what you said ross which was the beer aspect right, of it. right. you you were conscious of that i thing was too, i like, was okay. i didn't know right. you know because he's so involved with youth wrestling too yeah, and right you don't want you know that third graders dad showing up with a 12 pack of gable matt side right yeah so you know you got to separate those things um so i wasn't sure how he would feel out of it about the gate so the director kyle Klingman, at that time and we know kyle he's awesome. a great dude man i wonder so if that's great. who you're talking about right yeah barbell in the weight room too. Yeah, exactly uh, yeah uh, but he'd whip our ass he, he would, <laughs> and he could and he could outrun us all too very fast uh he reached out to Dan and, and, and Dan engaged it and said he wanted to meet me one. And then he immediately said he had, had two rules. He said, it has to be good and it has to be gold. And, and I was like, shit, man, that was yeah, our, right. that was our plan already. Yeah, right, exactly. yeah. <laughs> We're not going to make a shitty beer and call it Gable. We can, we can do that. Yeah. But then there was a bit of an interview process where Dan sat me down over a cup of coffee, started talking about my yeah. upbringing. He wanted to get into my head and see where I was at. I bet. Which I really was nervous for, but also really appreciated. You had to it expect intriguing. That. Right. It was yeah. neat. And he wanted to talk about all kinds of stuff, dude. What, did, Dave, why'd you stop wrestling? 
what happened there? Yeah. You know, tell me about that. Tell me about that, that part of your life and like things like that, that he really dug into. And then after that meeting, he endorsed it. So I must not have screwed it up too bad. And then Dan's yeah. been on board with this project. You know, he is, he was excited when he was with us again. They were, yeah. it was state wrestling was going on. We were at El Bait shop doing our radio show and he was there when they tapped it. And we thought we were going to get Dan for like 10 minutes. He stayed on with us for an hour. Yeah. And it was just beaming. He was very the, proud. The thing I remember of that interview was at that time, across from El Bait Shop, the apartment complex had just gone up, and there was an apartment that faced the south side or, or overlooking El Bait Shop, and it had a Penn State flag oh, no. flying over the balcony. Yeah, and he kept looking. He didn't say anything about it. He kept looking and kept looking, and at one point, we kind of asked him about the fire. We said something about, you know, Coach, you still kind of have that thing that looks like you could get out there and, and go for 15 minutes if you needed to. And he said, you know what's going through my head right now when you talk about fire? I want to crawl up the side of that building and rip that Penn State flag. And he, and he kind of even said it like gritting his teeth, like, I want to crawl. But if I did, my wife would be mad at me. That was the only thing holding him back was the fact that his, wife, yeah. Yeah, that his wife would say, Dan. Hey, one really quick Gable story. You'll love this. So Bloom and I got to do that interview with McCarney a couple months ago. I don't know if you ever listened to it. I didn't know this about Dan McCarney. So when he was at Iowa uh, playing football, he um, – Gable recruited Dan McCarney to walk on to the wrestling team for a year because he told him it would get be- get him better at football. Dan McCarney was on the Iowa wrestling team oh, no kidding. for like two years, and he was telling us about running the stairs at Carver Hawkeye Arena and and all the and just Gable, bre- Gable breathing down his neck and kicking his ass all the time. But um, I that's a it's a great story uh, of two icons in our state and. Well, the way Mac told it, man, Ross, you got to go back and listen to that. It was, it was really a cool thing. Gable's just got so much history. I've read both of his books, and I always try and pick up a six pack when I can. Did didn't well, we appreciate that? Uh, did McCartney think that it made him better at oh, football? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, and, and fighting and, right in his head. You yeah. know oh, that, that too. That was what he gave Gable yeah. the most credit for was just building that because we were talking about how he built the Iowa State football program, and he brought it back to, you know, the start of his career. Of which that he he gave Dan Gable a ton of credit for, like just building that ass kicker mentality in his mind as a walk. I I mean, it, how crazy is that though? That Dan McCarney, the godfather of Iowa State football, was a walk on wrestler for Dan Gable at the University of Iowa. Nobody knows that story. You know, I, I didn't know that. I, I didn't either, and I thought I knew about everything I there was to know about Coach McCarney. So it's it's cool. I hope that that is. I I know it's been a great deal for your brand and whatnot but it it's a well pro tip for everyone out there it's a neat deal it's a neat deal i gotta what real quick he autographed a can for me that day and it's it's sitting up in my man cave i've got one we got one in our kitchen uh that he gave to my father-in-law oh cool very cool um who graduated iowa uh one pro tip for gable uh the beer fan uh, uh gable the beer fans out there if you go to the library here in Des Moines or Lucky Horse, you can get Gable in a uh, in the in the May the way uh, Munich Hellas was meant to be. Uh, you can get in a liter Moss Krug. You can get it in a big dimpled mug, a liter of uh, that uh, at each place. I think it'd run you about ten bucks each place. But uh, it's a fun way to drink beer. Oh, it's if you ever been to the Hessen House, uh, really fun way to drink beer. Um, and it's also a really fun way to sell beer. If you're selling it, you can go through quite a few kegs when you're selling them by the liter of pour, right? It, it's a bit of a workout too, picking up that stuff. That's right. That's how I, you're huge. A little calorie burn in there. 
That's right. Yeah, you get it. It uh, displaces the drink. Um, I thought I'd throw these in here, and we'll just see how these go. But if you had a, if you, um, if you could drink a drink a beer with a famous person in history, I know this is probably totally, totally played. I'm sure Chris and uh, Ross are going, "Wow, that sounds." Oh no, yeah, good. yeah. This is a good. This is right in who, Ross's wheelhouse. Who who would you have that drink with? It's not Gable. Do they have to be alive? Uh, I would say, let's just say that they, uh, let's just say that they're not somebody, you know, cause obviously mm-hmm. that's too easy. Like yeah. if you're going to have a beer with Kim Reynolds, we don't really, and you know, her, we don't really, uh, that's not fair. I had to take a drink. Uh, I got asked this, uh, not to say your question's unoriginal, but I got asked this at the state fair, uh, well, not last year, obviously, but two years ago, they asked me that on stage. And I went with Obama then, and I think I'd go with Obama, Obama again now. I mean, they were homebrewing in the White House. That's great stuff, right? Well, they were? Yeah, they were, he, he set it up. I, for didn't, the, I didn't know. So this. they were homebrewing in that White House. They had, I think they might have been keeping bees and using the honey in the homebrew and stuff. Like yeah. I, I would say that. I, don't, wow. I wouldn't disagree with that. And the reason I say that is because, uh, because Obama said one of the greatest things of all time. Which he is? said. He said, yeah, I inhaled. That's the, that was the point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, without putting too much thought into it, I can't imagine that beer would suck. That'd be a fun beer. Uh, I'd, I'd learn a couple things during that. No, I think there's during something to be pint. said. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, it's really kind of crazy. As everyone said that, uh, I like George Bush. He's a guy I'd, I'd have a beer with, but he is a recovering alcoholic, so you couldn't have a beer with him. Right. Uh, the current president, as we stand today, uh, doesn't drink. And the one coming in. Donald Trump doesn't drink? Donald Trump's a teetotaler. His, de- his, brother, his brother died of alcoholism. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. And oh, I don't believe Biden drinks. But that might be wrong because he's Irish. I, but I don't I'd say to Mr. Trump could use a drink. You know, or, or chill some, out, man. Or, or, or at least, or at least inhale. Yeah, that, would, yeah. that might be the. But right anyways, job. that's all. That's all the politics we're going to get on that one. But yeah, no, that's. Uh, I thought that was a good question. Um, that is. Who would you pick? Who would I pick? Let's pass it around. Yeah, this. this is a good. This is a good table discussion. Yeah. Uh, you know, you know, you. I wrote the question. Never thought about answering the question. Uh, I. Uh, you know what? I would like to have a drink with Winston Churchill. Because that boy liked to drink. I just read a book about him, so that's what was just on my head. I'm, I actually, I'd like to drink. I, I have a fantasy of being able to be in history. Like, I, I just read a book about McKinley. I love, I love historical Man. stuff. I, I, uh, I would like to drink with a lot of people in history. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe Abraham Lincoln. That's so funny that that's because he liked to drink Old Crow. Man, Ross tells. Ross tells me this all the time about how much our brains work alike in his observation because I I read the two books that I read the two natural things that I was Kennedy yeah because wow. I recently read a book about JFK you could share share okay. share a lady and, and have the, a drink yeah. together oh boy the, the book I'm reading right now is um, about Crazy Horse the Great American the Sioux I have a book Indian crazy, Chief Crazy Horse Lakota. And, I um, I'm fascinated by some of these great Indian chiefs, like uh, uh, the the context, like of what was going on back in that day. You know, in the late 1800s, where yeah, it's not like it's, it's not. It always seems like it's way, way far away. But it was at the at the end no, of the 19th. I, I mean, I was crazy. Think, I was thinking about it, like like Battle of like Little Bighorn and stuff. It's like my grandma was alive then. 
you know, she was just a baby, but she, you know what I mean? Like, so that's just funny that you said that because Kennedy was the first one that came to my mind and then Crazy Horse, but like, I don't think Crazy Horse and I could speak together. Well, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I don't think they, we could understand. You could have a translator, <laughs> but the beer, beer is a great e- equalizer, you know. Um, what about Ross? Here, Ross, you take. <clears throat> oh, yeah, here you go, Ross. Ross is hanging out here. Again, this is bad planning you, on you our You all part. picked, uh, almost all of you picked politicians until Crazy Horse. I would have gone with Nikola Tesla. I thought mm. maybe that was, uh, that maybe Dave would pull that one out too, but. I, and I kind of went with a passion play for another one. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking Earnhardt would be great. Yeah, oh, that's it. There's the a good stories one. Yeah. with Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, that'd be there. good. But if I if I had a beer with Earnhardt, though, it'd need to be like 12 beers. I was going to say, it'd intimidate <laughs> you into drinking more than you're expected. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the question, too. Like, do we have to get up after one? Or yeah, like, just... and why do we have to learn? Why can't we just have a good time? Like, oh, it just, <laughs> I think it, I think I just read, point. I read a lot of, like you're saying, Chris, I read a lot of history. So I, I just read about uh, Nikola Tesla. I read about, uh, tipsy it's about uh the the uh the elephant that got electrocuted by edison because he wanted to prove a point that he was more right than tesla and i read that book prior to reading these other ones and i read the uh, mckinley book because carl rove wrote it and i wanted and i wanted to get a, a perspective of what carl rove might think and you know what we talked about bush before i it's funny how history gives you a little perspective and, you know, it's really cool. And I gave it to my dad because my dad uh, leans that way. It was signed by Carl Rove, but it was to Rick. To Rick. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, all, all very uh, fun things. So, you know, we're, uh, we need to we, – we're talking a lot, but we're not drinking a lot. What's the next one? We yeah, need what to should drink? we crack? Should we crack that uh, – Ross is the bartender over here. Ross Peterson, uh, yeah, yeah, 1460 Dealer's Cakes, Choice. No. Also the uh, Charterhouse Clan. Ooh, better than cake? What would be really neat to do in, in whatever order we want to do? We have to open better than cake. But the, we have two of our barrel-aged two cows, which is our imperial version of Tip the Cow here. We've got a wine barrel-aged, which is a Cabernet barrel that was uh, – Prior to that life, was can I buy this stuff barrel? in store, or do I have to come to your brewery? Uh, we we have a day tomorrow where I think all the wine bottles are going to sell out the 500 mils of the yeah, wine. You're going to be drinking stuff that you're not going to um, be able to get this okay. go around. But the bourbon barrel aged stuff will be around a little bit. Will you do us a favor too, Dave, and just let us know when stuff's hitting stores, so that way we can tweet it out and Facebook yeah, it for our listeners. Bruno, that's one thing I think we need to do with your contacts is make sure that they're emailing us that stuff because I've had a lot of people. When you and I are tweeting about a beer or a, or a spirit, they'll tweet at us and be like, "Where can I get that?" And if we can kind of help be that, yeah, we need to include Dave good. in our yeah. in our. Uh, here, you can use this one for me. Um, in our East Coast um, or our Eastern side of the state swing, where we take a land jet and go to Mississippi River and the Nassif Farms and all that stuff, we got to do Nassif uh, Nassif Farms. Yeah, over in Bettendorf, right? Oh, the, uh, a cat's eye distilling with uh, yeah, Gene yeah. and Asif, yeah. Isn't that um, where all the – he said that's where everything is. Maybe he has – That's what he told me. Side by side with these two. All right. All right. Oh, which two? What, oh, what I'm thinking is if we take the two cows and do a side-by-side. So here, it's the same. Uh, mm. here I got a glass. I got a second one. That's a good so, idea. So, no, we do need to do that. We need to put out the word. We need to let Dave know that he can put out the word, and uh, we'll get him squared away. Um, but people always want to know where they can get this stuff, and, and – uh, and I only want to talk about stuff that's a little bit harder to get sometimes. Real quick. I end up to that. So while, while Ross is doing the pours, Dave, um, I'm going to have to ask you about making a pumpkin beer. Oh, what, wow. what do we oh have yeah. That's, to, we talked about that. Every brewer I get on, uh, did have you heard 
about my pumpkin beer power rankings. I've been doing them for like Oh, five no. Years. No, yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. It's become a really big deal. Okay. How, yeah. how far down do you go? Top 10, top 20? I did this year. I tasted like 32 pumpkin beers. Holy. I didn't know there were 32 out there. There are. And what's funny is because Bruno and I started jacking around about how many years ago would I have started doing I think it was a, at least four. When, that year that Keeler came and we drank beer out of the pumpkin – that would have been your second year. Wow. Because I was with Elysian, and uh, I, uh, you know, I'm not a big fan of uh, big, big beer. Um, and that brewery had been purchased. Uh, that's a whole other story. But that beer, that brewery had been purchased by Anheuser-Busch. And, and, but they also had been known. They are the kings of pumpkin. They, they do really good work. And uh, so that was a different time in my mind. Now, now I'll get whatever. It's funny, though, because, like, to this day, like, randomly I'll go to the radio station, and they'll be the – uh, receptionist would be like, hey, some guy dropped this beer off for you. And it's like some pumpkin beer out of Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> he wants you to try it. It's like his, his brother-in-law's <laughs> uncle owns this. I'm a big beer something. fan, but I think I'd try to put out the vibe that I wanted something a little bit better than that. No, but I, I Dave, no, I have different. to. You're the first <laughs> brewer. You're the first brewer we've had on. Different. Yeah, there you go. And I'm going to, every brewer that we have on, I'm going to encourage to make a, a, a classy pumpkin beer. Classy. Could it be any type of gourd? Does it need to be pumpkin? Could I mean? No, I'm a big gourd guy. Yeah. So any kind yeah, of gourd. I think any type of gourd. Um, I've become a big. The weirder looking, the better. My favorite one that I've had, um, year in year out, is Potosi makes the. Uh, oh wow. It's it's a imperial stout. Okay. Barrel, they did a barrel age too, right? Yeah. 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 So I mean, to, it, it's to cover up the pumpkin. <laughs> no. I mean, why do you got to talk down on the on my gourds like that? I don't know, this like, is like the on. Blanton's version of, uh, of beer. Uh, Ross, I didn't tell you this. Um, we were having, I was having some whiskey with our boss, Joel McRae, last week. And um, Joel comes in and he's like, Chris, you've got to taste this. You gotta taste this whiskey. You ever had? You, you ever? ever you ever heard of Blanton's? It's <laughs> like, in, indeed, sir. Indeed, indeed, sir. I absolutely have. Okay, so what are we doing right here? So we're doing a side by side, and we have uh, the first one that we poured is the two cows walked into a barrel, but it's uh, the barrel is the Cabernet slash Bourbon barrel age Imperial Milk Stout. Um, I'm saying I'm reading this, but I'm going to have Dave tell us the story. And then the other, the second one is uh, minus the Cabernet. Right. So just a bourbon barrel. And then the adjuncts in it are different. So what Austin, Austin Myers, our head brewer, tried to do here, it's the same beer, went into different barrels. Oh, a little tighter. You got me now? Yeah, I got you. Same beer into different barrels. So an imperial version of our tip to cow. And the stuff that he took into Cabernet barrel, he hit with uh, vanilla, Zante currant, and then coffee, but he chose Honduras as opposed to like a dark or a deep roast, like an espresso. A Honduras, Honduras coffee, knowing for being a little bit more fruity. Fruity. And to try to bring those fruity, whiny notes into an imperial barrel-aged milk stout. Um, I will stop and talk a little bit about coffee here. One of the things we pride ourselves in is our coffee beers. And we're good at making them, sure. But we're smart enough to lean on our roaster. So the roaster, Sidecar Coffee Roasters out of Cedar Falls now, Waterloo, Iowa. And sub-leases inside your building. They're actually in our facility, right? So we work with them on these recipes together. So when, when we're picking coffee, we've got kind of these guys, you know, that reminds they're me buying of into. They're drinking the beer with us, too. They want to make it as good as they can possibly make it. And, and we can do some neat stuff with coffee. But Honduras in this one, right next to the bourbon barrel-aged one, that's been hit a little bit more traditionally for barrel-aged stuff. Vanilla, cacao nib, dark roasted coffee. 
cracking open the cans of just the uh, of the bourbon barrel, my fingers smell like I gr was grinding coffee beans in the morning. Yeah, nice and roasty, right? Yeah, right. That's a good roasty. Yeah, is a good right. good word for. It reminds that. me That's when I used to quit pick uh, coffee beans down in Guatemala. <laughs> <laughs> what, year, what, what, what year was that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was my friend. Uh, Look at the my big friend, guy, my friend or Kaiser. Yeah, yeah. My Kaiser and I used to do that. Kaiser shows. All right, I haven't had a sample of either one. Which one should I try first? Because I would. I normally I would try the bourbon barrel age first and then go for the kind of variant. But the way you described it, maybe I should try the Cabernet first. I would go Cabernet okay. first. Right. Do you spoon, do you spoon the coffee? Do you do that whole thing? They Are do. Are you one of those guys? Um, they do. The, the what's, closest that, what's that mean? Spoon the, the coffee? They call it cupping. Cupping. There where you they're go. going oh, around oh, and like sorry. doing a, a former, formal sensory eval on their coffees to decide if they're roasting it appropriately. Okay. Actually, I mean, like, that's a lot. Ross of does this like thing called cupping, but it's a whole different thing. <laughs> 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 a lot of, uh, a lot of definitions for that word out there um but we do uh we do micro dosing which is probably the closest is thing it, i've done that too micro dosing? oh yeah i did that the other night mm. speaking of have you ever had mushroom coffee no it's just it's a thing of folks that pat, wear patagonia and prana pants whole you think another whole other podcast i think to yeah. talk about the mushroom. i wonder if we could put a mushroom beer like Lions. mushroom and an eggplant all mushroom under, and eggplant. There you go. Under. We'll ask Chris when he. Did you know that? Did it. you know? Did you ever hear that story about how uh, Lagunitas they uh, dosed a uh, keg? Speaking of, we're talking about silly Simon here. We're talking about the magic mushrooms. They dosed a keg out the brewery. This was years ago. With what? With, with psilocybin. With okay. uh, with the. Uh, hallucinogenic uh, mushrooms okay. different than the microdosing i'm talking about just yeah. to clarify but go ahead understood yeah, yeah. no well that, i go there <laughs> we'll when you say that. that apparently no but i i, I always thought that was funny but there when uh whenever you went to they said if you ever go to a lagunitas party just don't randomly eat like a handful of candy out of a mm. out of a thing because they they're like they're from california right and they really like their uh cannabis and they uh what there's a guy was telling me he was from He's from Left Hand Brewing. He goes, I was hanging out with them at a party. It was like on the top floor of a hotel and there's windows facing out and I was having a great time and I woke up hours later. I was the only one left in the room still <laughs> on the couch <laughs> staring out the window. Did you so, ever meet him, Jeff? I, mean, I know you meet a I, lot of beer guys. Tony, Tony, is it McGee? Tony I McGee? never met Do Tony I McGee. Right? I never met. Okay. I met Eric Wallace a few times uh, from Left Hand, uh, but I've never, Tony McGee's like the only, is quite honestly the only one i have i haven't met jim cook but i was really close to him but i was so this is serious i was so hung over at the gabf oh boy at a at a bar i was so hung over that they're like oh it's jim cook right behind you like 10 steps i'm like i can't, can't turn around i can't even turn around to talk yeah. to the guy i was so hung over but i've uh, gotten to meet a you know I've, I've ridden greg cook's ridden on the back of my bicycle my electric bicycle <laughs> through downtown he was so hammered <laughs> from uh, stone and <laughs> Uh, I got to meet Stone did some cool stuff. Were they the ones that did the beard beer? Remember that? No, that, that was, was Rogue. The Rogue. Okay. I'm and sorry, I, I was had I've had the uh, the honor to have met uh, Mr. Joyce that started the brewery Rogue. Uh, he's passed away since. Um, that guy was great. They had a picture. You're at the brewery in Newport on the. It's on the ocean, and there's this picture, and it's like a little bit small. So you got to get up real close to see what it says. But it says our founder underneath, and it's a picture of Jack Joyce, the founder of Rogue. Pants off, bent over. Brown eye right there. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And then you walk up the stairs to go to the tap go room. Up. 
<laughs> you walk up the stairs and it's just littered with GABF medals. I wow. mean, these Rogue is King Kong. They're they're still in my heart. One of my favorite breweries. I I, that you, I, I got into this business with them, and uh, I owe a big debt to them. They're what a great brewery. What a great uh, deal. They still do a lot of cool stuff too. Oh, they, they, they still keep do. They're growing a lot of their stuff right Boy, there. Boy, that beer that uh, that uh, Bat Squatch. Bat Squatch is one of my favorite beers. Do they have a connect? Are they the same as the distillery? Yeah, yes. they they started uh, Jackson uh, Gre- Greg I think started the distillery and they they started it in their in their uh, Portland facility. But now they do they have a they have a whole farm where they grow. They, they just they they're just really innovative. Right. The thing about Rogue that's so cool is that the guys that started this were the same marketing guys at Nike that did the Bono's campaign. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they were they were big in at Nike and then when they decided to like they're in their 40s and f- early 50s and they're like we're going to be done and they're like we got to do something different. So, hey, well, let's start a brewery just on a lark. They weren't doing anything special. So, so and and it just completely blew up. I have I should bring this for a whiskey Wednesday sometime on on KXNO. But I have their bourbon I have their age for three months. I have, I have, no. I have their, I have their whiskey. This is like their single malt, like. Uh, I, have their sing, I have a bottle of their single malt. Okay. And I have their dead guy whiskey. Yeah, Stansbury was in Oregon and brought it back for me as a gift. Did and it have a little dead guy on the yes. top? Or, yeah, so that's. And at the that's time, a, I didn't like it. That's their I, newer version. I wonder if I go back and if my palate's changed enough where I would appreciate it a little bit more this time. Well, I tell I you what, I didn't know if that was the same thing as the brewery. It's the same brewery. It's the same. They distill their beer like we were talking about, um, we're talking about before the show. But that's how you make uh, make whiskey. You make beer first. Um, you essentially make beer, then you distill it. You heat it up till it uh, vaporizes, and then uh, and then uh, you cool it off and catch it, and that's alcohol, and then. Then you put it in the barrel. I will give you a better description in coming episodes. I have it under the tag, <laughs> how whiskey is made. So stay D- tuned on a, on a later. Dave was in the, he, he mentioned microdosing, and it got us uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it got but, us on this, uh, this, this tyrant and, and derailed us from talking about uh, how that coffee gets kind of uh, infused into the beer and all that. In the meantime, I've had a chance to get through a little bit of that, uh, this Cabernet. Man, that is fantastic. How Thank you. Everything, because... Uh, you can taste all those things you're talking about, like that Cabernet wine flavor uh, is a hint that's in there at one point. Um, that's really well done, man. The, this, the decelerated series that you've done, um, all this stuff's going to be wood-aged, right? Right. Okay. Uh, how, what's, what's your legs on this, you think? Is this something you're going to have for a while? It is. Uh, we've got some stuff, you know, between our barrels and our fooder program, we've got some stuff lined up. Um, we got quite a bit of stuff to come out yet this year. We got fun filled, which is that golden that we hit with hibiscus and lemon that we opened up with. Um, they were racking off today. They were racking off a, uh, a Saison that they've got in there and we've split that one in half. So we've got in, in April, they were racking it off into bottles actually today. Cause they're going to bottle condition that one. We got a Saison that's really like pineapple and fruit forward. That should be awesome. Um, and then they're taking the other half of it and resting it on apricot and lavender, which I think is going to be dynamite as well. Yeah. So they split that off today. That'll be out in April. And then they just keep coming. ZMD, you know, Zach's Mexican Donuts and Double Donuts are underneath that program. Tips of Cow Day is going nowhere. We're going to have it every January. So we'll have some big barrel-aged beers for that. Um, Speaking of resting, you're not resting yeah. at all. 
No, we just go. We're doing the guys just keep going. You are. Uh, I've said this before. There's about six breweries that are really on on a different tier in the state of Iowa, and it's nothing against the other breweries. There's just some that are are really killing it, uh, and uh, and uh, matured. I guess is the best way to put it. You know, and I'm talking about Exile and Confluence here in Des Moines, and I'm talking about Big Grove in Iowa City, and and TG up in uh, Decorah. And then single speed over in Waterloo and back pocket over in Coralville too is uh, it's been around for a while and and uh, advanced pretty well. There, there's those are breweries you should check out. Um, you should check them all out. This this stuff is really good. I really like it. I like that you've uh, you've decided to not just save the whales. You've decided to, <laughs> to join in right, to join to in create a, little a bit. couple, birth a few. Um, I had another one. And it's sort of like this because, you know, you keep throwing out all these things you're doing. What, what, and maybe it doesn't have to be in the brewery, but what are you most proud of uh, since you started doing all this entrepreneur business person here in the state of Iowa? In terms of like beer or like what we're up to? Kind of anything, you know. Um, I mean, I know you made a couple babies. That's that second one. That's incredible, isn't it? I just had a sip of that. I'm sorry to interrupt you guys. That's Chris, the two cows. Chris and I just did the exact same thing. We this just had our first sip of that bourbon. This? this is the one that came out of the can, Chris. This is the walk in the barrel. Wow. Uh, my goodness. Agent Cedar Ridge, except for you said that the, uh, you might have a little bit of Knob Creek. Uh, one These are uh, Z- double donuts with Cedar Ridge. These are actually four roses. Oh. Um, second use. <laughs> so we actually used them last year, too. So. Oh, second use barrel. That's fantastic. That taste. There, there's, that, there's, there's do you think something that's why I'm getting a little sourness to it? Just a little bit? They're a little spicy. Yeah, there's like a sour, like a, almost like a maple but maybe it's or a something coffee. that comes out of that. I don't know if it's the... That is fantastic, man. I just put that up against that cab, which I liked a lot. And Chris, it was funny. I was watching you do the same thing. We looked at each other like, what the hell was that? Yeah, I really liked the cab version, but whoa. I have a feeling we're going to be really uh, jacked up caffeinated. That's all right. I mean, you know, alcohol slows down the body. The caffeine speeds up the brain. What can go wrong? Uppers and downers. There's a whole festival for that, too. We need to go to that some year. Uppers, uppers, and, uppers and downers in Chicago, yeah. We got to go. That's uh, put on by... Uh, by the Pfizer? No, by okay. the beer. Close. Kaiser. Michael Kaiser. Good, beer, Kaiser. Good beer hunting. Good beer hunting, yeah. It's a, it's a uh, website for beer. Um, they do a podcast. Podcast is so good. It's good. It's good stuff. Uh, you know, it's really fun about that. And if you're really in the know about beer, uh, you might say, well, good beer hunting. Nope. I'm not going to follow them because they're financed by Anheuser-Busch somehow or whatever. Yeah. And I, I, I've really, I think COVID's really kind of cleansed me of all that kind of stuff. If you're, if you're, if you're making beer, you know, Good for the good for the big guys because now I don't really care that you own it or don't own it. If it's pro beer and it's it's putting out a good message, it's great. Well, if you're in beer and and you don't want to listen to good beer hunting because it might be financed by the big guys, my question to you is: Do you want to get better at making beer and competing in the industry or not? Yeah. Because you listen to this stuff every every episode I listen to, I learn something. I mean, who makes the cleanest, technically best, or the technically cleanest beer in the in the world? It's the big, who's it's got the best lab? Yeah, they've been doing it for years. Right? You know, uh, the, you don't have to buy it. But you no, should but, still appreciate but you should what have to appreciate to. that they can afford the best employees and make the best. And by the way, that uh, that uh, Goose Island mm. Bourbon County Stout that you talk of, the the company that invented it. Uh, by the way, John Hall, a Waterloo native, or no Cedar Falls native. No, what is Waterloo? It? Waterloo native. Right. Waterloo native uh, started Goose Island, and his son invented barrel aged brewing, more or less, uh, aging beer on whiskey barrels. 
the very first uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Stouts were were rested in Pappy Van Winkle, okay. friend friend of the show. Wow, that's wild. I had and, no idea. Uh, and and that's and it and it the rest is history because we're drinking what basically is in that lineage. Um, it's great. We got to get this uh, better than cake uh, in, and we need to uh, give Chris here, Chris here, take the this. cans back here. I do want to jump on that John Hall thing. Also, one of the good guys, just one of the good guys in the industry, one of the guys that led it on the charge. Um, if, I, if I emailed him after the show today, he'd email me right back if I had a question about something like that. It reminds me of one of the best, my favorite, my favorite stories about, of me in the beer industry. Uh, we're, we're building a row mile. Nearly, we're, we're going to be celebrating our 20th anniversary here at the end of the year. Nearly, well, it would have been 20 years ago when we were building it. Guy comes up the stairs, so we didn't even have, or guys up the ladder, we didn't even have stairs yet. And he's like, hey, I know you're opening up a place. I'm like, yeah, but we're going to be opening a British place. He's like, I got this craft beer place. I'm like, I'm not really interested in it. And uh, he's like, well, I'm with Goose Island, and we'd love to get a chance at being on. And, and uh, well, I said, not I'll quite think, ready. So. I said, I'll think about it. I talked to John, and John and I became really good friends over the years. Uh, and, uh, I talked to him and I said, you know, your guy came up and I was really impressed. Your guy came up the stair, up the ladder and he wanted to try to get it. He goes, that was me. <laughs> it was crazy as, 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 uh, his, as wife, uh, her dad was a teacher at, uh, at, uh, Lincoln here in Des Moines as a high school teacher here in Lincoln. He had a lot of connections to the state of uh, Iowa and, uh, if you ever want to read a really good book about what happened to beer industry in the central in uh, in the Midwest, uh, read Barrel Age Stouts and Sellouts. It's a great book. I love that book so much. Um, I never heard of that one. Yeah, that's a great book. And and the thing that's great about it is that I lived that. Uh, I I know the people in that because I worked with them as I was doing this stuff. Right. Uh, Paul DeVries, uh, he's he he owned si- he owned or ran Size Roost. He lives up there now. He actually teaches about beer up in... Spent a few nights at, in that place. In Iowa State. Yeah, right? Um, and uh, there's a whole nine yard... Uh, there's a whole tons of stuff. There's great stories. And and yeah, they invented uh, they invented barrel-aged stout out of there. They they were brewing a beer a day out of that brewery at the, uh, the Fulton Street. Mm-hmm. Brewing a beer a day. Th- that's insane if you know anything about yeah. beer. D- like the fact that John Martin did a hundred beers this past year is insane. The fact that they made three hundred plus beers out of the out of a small little brewery in in uh, Chicago is amazing. I the more we talk about it, you know, we talked to this is a whiskey. We talked a lot about whiskey, but I'm really excited about talking about beer because I I just have known met a lot of people and done a lot of this and. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to talking about uh, the beer, talking with people like Dave, talking with people like Ryan and Mississippi and anyone else between, uh, like I said, from water to whiskey, we want to talk about it real quick on, you, you mentioned books. I got my uh, whiskey Bible in the mail the other day. I thought you already had that. No, it was like delayed. Oh, delayed. The, the 2021 where the guy, like, Oh, the raised, Jim Murray. Yeah. The one that NASA told me to get. The whiskey, the, it's a little dry. The Jim uh, Murray, Murray. I'm not, yeah. uh, I'm not crazy about it. I was going to tell you that's, uh, that's the kind of thing that Gene would be into, and that uh, I, that's a little deep catalog, literally. Gene told me to get it, and I got it because he's a smart guy. But, but that's because he wants to know all the little they're nuances. They're in it. Yeah, cat's eyes that's in it. Partially they're, why yeah. well, that might be why he wanted. But uh, they're one of the only Iowa distilleries in there. Gene has caught the eye of a lot of people. In the Midwest and in 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 the in the whiskey industry, he he 
he's doing some amazing things and I would say stand by because I want to do some amazing things with him. Uh, there's some opportunities. Uh, he has purchased a real, I think he purchased recently uh, 30 barrels of whiskey and he's going to be blending them and putting them out into the marketplace. You'll be seeing those soon. And he realized uh, how well with that TG uh, finished release, uh, how well uh, he could do in the state of Iowa. And so he's going to focus a little bit more on that because he is in Eastern Iowa. So he's been selling in Wisconsin, Minnesota, but he's gonna he's gonna be pushing his product out. Obtainium is the one we're talking about mostly into the marketplace and and stay tuned because I think there's some real opportunities. One of which I think, and I'll just throw it out there right now off the top of my head, we should have an Iowa drinks whiskey, at least one that we more you know just like we did with uh, Cyclone Fanatic. Uh, we should do a Iowa drink whiskey uh, or at least do little stickers that we put our sticker on and say we've approved that whiskey. I agree. That could be fun, uh, and we can. Part of the deal is we'll have to talk about it on the radio or on the podcast. All right, what's this last beer we're trying here? I'm going to let Ross. Ross is the stout guy. I'm going to let him review it here. Hey, while we're getting Ross on, I want to merge two things that we've talked about real quick. I, I think there's I think there's good content here. Uh, so between books and, and the fact that I don't really read them, but I know that there's a, a really good uh, you have people to read them for book you. that you can uh, you can get online right now and they'll like read it to you right through your ear. But McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey wrote a book, yes. and I've heard him do a couple chapters of it on the Smartlist podcast. He wrote a book or read it? Wrote it and he reads it. He'll read it to you. Like not independently, audio, like audio yes, book. like yeah. he won't come yeah. to your house. Oh, you're, I mean, I'm sure for enough money. But this is, <laughs> Can we take his shirt off? but this is where I want to go with it. All like, right, I, all right. If I could, like, after I'm done drinking with Obama, if you got McConaughey, like that guy would drink some fucking beer. Yeah, like that would be a fun be a night. Like, don't I mean out. don't think you're like one or two and out of there though. He's gonna, you're gonna be up. Honestly, I think that this would that's a conversation that you could have for a long time about the people that you would want to sit around. McConaughey to have a beer with McConaughey'd be up there. For Why sure. not, man? He'd be a fun dude to just pick the brain. Oh, he could help sure. you figure out how the new uh, crop of uh, a, uh, he could figure out how the new crop of freshmen are looking. Chris uh, knows because <laughs> he loves that. They they uh, he gets keeps getting older, but they stay the same age. Chris knows I am the furthest thing from enamored by any sort of actor or actress, but uh, McConaughey and Keanu Reeves would be two guys that'd be. Interesting to just sit and talk to for. I'm, I'm hands down Owen Wilson. Oh, I oh, love the Wilson brothers. That's Owen and Luke Wilson, too. that'd be fun. Uh, Luke love would be it. fun, but Owen for sure. That guy. Funny. We watched. Uh, we watched a Christmas movie over the over the over the uh, season, and and he was in it. And I'm like, I, I really want to know Somebody more about this guy. Told me about what was it called? Do you remember? Uh, it's uh, boy, I can't. Because somebody mentioned to me the other day that, that he was in a Christmas movie. It's and fantastic. Movie. It's uh, been it's, a fan since Bottle Rocket. Oh, he's so funny. Oh, you know, bottle, bottle, yeah. bottle Rocket is the best. So bottle Rocket is the best, and they put it out, and it's a whole it's Wilson good. family. It's like, <laughs> now, I have friends, uh, shout out to Jim Duty. Uh, he, he and I, he and I love that movie, and we always shout out uh, uh, phrases from that. The uh, what was the name of the what was the name of the uh, lawn care service here? Uh, lawn, uh, lawn, 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 lawn Rangers. Yeah, Rangers. you guys were cute. You, it was cute. You, you, guys you wore those little. It. You, you wore those little <laughs> those little yellow jumpers. You look like a little banana. <laughs> he's just he's stoned as hell with his buddy. He's cracking up. He's like he, he, he drew up in a yellow jumpsuit. <laughs> he's like they're going to break into that place. He's like he's like the Kumar is like who, who is that? He's like that's Applejack. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I love Do you even that. think to pay attention? Why are you Why are you putting a bandaid on your nose? <laughs> exactly, exactly. 
All right, so better than cake for a, an mm, imperial it is, it is. dessert stout. Do you chocolate? Up, do you pecan, come up with the? Coconut. At what point does the name come into the? So you decide you're gonna do a German chocolate cake beer, right? Or are you making beer and you're like, man, okay, coconut. All right, chocolate. Hell, this tastes like German chocolate. Like, can you can you walk me through that? I I, I can speak for Austin here. I, I think he was inspired by making a, a dessert stout would, that would taste like German chocolate cake. Okay, well, then, this was the goal from the onset was right. make a German chocolate cake right. stout. Right, and, cool. and he wanted to play with the ingredients and figure out how to do it, which he did. And then he, I'm pretty sure he named this one too. I think this one is Austin all the way through. Um, I don't think I played any role in this at all, except bringing it down to you guys today. Except for opening up the brewery, I don't think I helped at the. I don't think I helped at the recipe. I know I didn't brew the beer. Have you guys had that yet? You guys, have you st- yeah, I love it. You know, this is that my is, uh, dad's is, birthday cake flavor. Um, that is better than sex cake. Uh, I mean, around the brewery, we would. We, oh, what's that? Do you guys make that? You and Aaron make that at home. Have better you never had? Cake? Have you? Isn't that? I mean, that's where the name comes from. Correct. Have you ever right. had better than sex cake? Come on, Bruno. Is it a mug cake you make in the microwave? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, it takes a long time, and you have a lot of preparation, but man, is it worth it when you get to the end of it. Does it have anything to do with tantric yoga? Uh, a little bit, yeah. You, there's a you lot have of- to play Sting <laughs> in the background while you make it. <laughs> uh, that is fantastic, man. Nailed it. So, yeah, I, Nailed you know, it. around the brewery, we would run sensory on this one, and we'll drink this one, and we'll sip on it on, on Saturday for Dip the Cow Day. We'll have a little bit of it and, and really enjoy it, and the fact that we got where we wanted to go with it, but it, it, if- we were talking to each other about this beer. We would be like, yeah, there's too much of everything in here. I mean, it, it is. I know you say that, but. Token, but it's, it's exactly what it's supposed to be. It's like, that's it literally uh, tastes like cake. But that's what it's right. supposed to do. And that's I what it's supposed to do. I know you're supposed to, you, right. you say we try to restrain it's perfect. it. That's a good way to it's put it. It's hard to live. Right. There's you too much what? of everything because honestly, you can take a sip of that. This is like one of those yeah, mind tricks on the internet where if you say to yourself, coconut, 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 right. and you take a drink, you go, wow, it's a lot of coconut. But if you go chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. That's a lot of chocolate. You, right. That is yeah. fantastic. It's all it's, it's it's perfect for what it's supposed to be, and then we'll all sit around and we'll we'll drink a Minicalis and really love it. And I'm sorry to keep interrupting you, Bruno, but the, the, for me, this is like. Well, I know that's with, why. With, this is why you're on the show, with Bruno, or with, because I knew you would have uh, uh, an eggplant fit. an eggplant emoji over yes. this. Um, <laughs> For Chris, for it's pumpkins, and he really, and it's not a joke, he doesn't do it for a shtick, he really does love pumpkin beer, and, and odd he, un- gourds. he so understands weird. why he can't get pumpkin-shaped, or, or pumpkin-shaped, uh, uh, pumpkin-flavored beers all year round. Is this a beer that I could, am, am going to be able to get year round? No, we'll do it once a year. I mean, we well, may not even. the cow January event, right? Yeah, we might do it next year, we might not. Maybe we'll barely just version of it, you know. Or you just not, you don't do it for the money is what you're saying. I, no, well, I don't know if there's a market for this kind of that's, beer year-round. That's round, what but my question, I guess, was, David. Is there a market for this year-round? If deal, there's not, or you would do it. Here's yeah. the deal. It reminds me of my daughter last night. Oh. We weren't paying attention. And I, that's not, the, not that she uh, used the F-bomb for the first time directed mm. at me, because we talked about that earlier. But, but she did. But it's the same one, uh, same daughter. <laughs> my wife was busy with school. She's going, uh, getting a master's. And I was uh, working on a project for work. And, and. The kids were doing their own thing. The youngest bought, made brownies. And I said, well, you better have something for supper. And so she made something. But the oldest, I didn't see her. And at the end of the night, it's 930. We're all getting ready to go upstairs. And a half an hour past her bedtime, I go, did you just eat only brownies for supper? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same thing. Uh, you can't, you couldn't, you can't just have cake 
all the time. It's not how a brewery would work, right? You, you, well, you that's can't, not our business as a, model. As a drinker, as a drinker, you can't drink that beer as your sole focus. I mean, you can. I would. That, that's why I'm you asking. And I mean, that's can, why I brought up because Chris would drink pumpkin beer year round, but Chris knows no brewery can make pumpkin beer. Well, it takes the specialness out of I mean, it. Yeah. How deep do we want to die? I mean. I'll go into it a little bit and you guys can edit it out if you think it's garbage afterwards. But I think there are business models that do that. I, I would, I mean, it's not that hard. I mean, you look at Weldworks, right? They're making loud stuff every single yeah, week and selling yeah. it for 20 bucks a four pack, 22 bucks, four pack, stuff like that. Ross doesn't know what you're talking about. You look at the guys up at uh, a lot of what Pulpit Rock does is like yeah. really loud stuff. And then they sell it and they sell it out because there's a big demand for it. But they don't make a ton of it, right? They're not trying Lua, to be an Lua, IV across the state. Lua doesn't Lua. do this exactly, but they, right. yeah, they had like three, they sold 300, uh, 500 milliliter cans before right. they even opened their doors one day. And I'm like, so to a degree, the one thing I would say is like for this stuff to get to hy V, like for a brewery like us, let's talk about business model here real quickly. We got to make it. This is a really expensive beer to make. There is a s ton of coconut in there there is an s ton of toasted we toast the coconut we toast the pecan like a lot of love goes into this a lot beer. of labor and the guys wouldn't the guys that are doing it wouldn't call it love i mean there's a lot of money and love that goes into this beer you could do an economics class and then on bringing toasted coconut to well, des moines iowa dude, or to iowa to, to put in a beer that's incredible then to get it on the shelf at hy we have to sell it to a distributor who takes a cut who then sells it to hy who takes a cut and the and big and at the, the big end of the day, that's a that's a twenty dollar four pack at high V year big, round. And the, big buy it. and the big problem with it is is that you look at how different is the can that you put it in than a bush light can? Zero. Yeah. It's the same it's damn can. So a customer looks at it and is like, How can my bush light thirty pack be ten ninety nine yeah. and a four, this, pack, a four pack of this, of this is twenty right. three ninety nine. But if your business model's built on avoiding high V and avoiding the distributor and you can drive all that demand through your tap room, you can sell that stuff every weekend. If you ha- if you could create that demand, you could have that beer year round and sell it out or a variant of it out every uh, year. But for what we do that, I mean, that's not. Right, right. I'll this leave is a fun at, project for I'll us. I'll leave it at this. I don't yes. think I, I never got the impression that you were going to go down this road. Uh, we know we goofed with whales, but uh, you, your brewery, has gone from fairly accessible and low. Like you never really went over six, five, six point. You know, you could have. Yeah. You, your brewery could have existed pre two thousand and seven when they changed the laws to go to. 15%. 90% of what we do is 90, yeah, and that would, 95. And, and you would have been almost happy to do that. I mean, right. and I'm not. And that's still what we, that's, that's actually still what we still do. Still what you do. We didn't talk about any of that today. Yeah. If that's but what we mean, do. Well, no, we you know, do. when we're talking about, we're talking yeah. about tricycle and, and uh, victory dance and single speed and, yeah. and uh, or a single speed and, uh, and all the other. Gable and cow. Gable and, Gable and, and cow, yeah. tip of the cow. But, uh, and that's where you make your money. But, uh, you always, I always had the impression that you weren't going to go down this road and you have now. And, right. uh, I think to me, you have the skill set to do it. And I don't know how you feel about that's kind of the last thing I'll say is like, it, how do you feel about going down the road of, uh, of, uh, I wouldn't say fuck the whales, but, uh, but right. it's not somewhere between save the whales and let's ha- let's fucking have some whales. Right. I don't, you know, the thing about whales and this, I can go on a tangent about this too. I feel like whales also don't really exist anymore because it used to be like, Hey, darkness day, get your ticket mm-hmm. or it's sold out. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. And now there are brewers started- like Weldworks or Pulpit Rock having a whale weekend every weekend. Yeah, right. until, so I feel like whales are not. They don't, they're not existing you anymore. You don't even have to arm, to a degree. To, you don't have to rob anyone at gunpoint anymore. Right. Like, it's just what breweries I mean, do that's, now. That's what happened at right. Hunapu days. Like somebody was robbed of their beer at gunpoint yeah, at one awesome. of these events. Can I tell you what I think's happened? 
Yes. I think that more breweries are making exceptional beer now. That's certainly true. And that competition, and, 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 and baby. That, exactly. Be that better. idea of you had to get to Decorah, Iowa and stand in line in order to get a really good beer is gone now. I love Toppling. I love those guys. They do but fantastic great stuff. Beer. But the fact that we have, as Bruno said, six. And when Bruno said six, I was trying to like, I came up with about eight or nine in my head that I would kind of put in that elite category. And that right. might water down elite, but it seems like more and more breweries around the country are kind of just nailing this thing from time to time, releasing a beer. The, I, when I try this two coins, the, the not the variant of the, of the cab, the bourbon barrel aged, that's a fantastic beer. Two cows. I mean, that, Thank you. The two cows. What did I say? Not two coins. Two coins. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a different whole, whole, whole different thing. Uh, two cows. That is a fantastic beer. Like, I mean, an, an elite beer right there. Is it a whale? No. I, I mean, mean that's I, I guess I guess it depends. Yeah, you know, like like you said, they, they don't. That's, I feel like the definition, really the environment right. has changed exactly enough where right. I can. The I preciousness has kind of gone off but on that. To your point, Jeff, uh, about us being able to execute on it. What, what Austin and, and, and Alec and the guys in the brewery have really done in terms of knowledge set and understanding how to do these programs, they're really good. And they can certainly execute on it. They're fired up about the barrel age program. I think they're more fired up about the fooder program and the beers that we've got coming out of there. Funky Good Vibes. We, we, we dropped Funky Good Vibes last year. We're going to drop two more variants of Funky Good Vibes, which is our fooder age sour brown yet this spring. They're fired up about those beers, man, which is which it also is just great for the brewery to get energy and excitement and fun, not only for the people that are coming in to grab the beers, but also for the brewers, for them to be have, allowed to have some fun, you know, and just – not turning another sixty barrel yeah. batch of victory dance, you oh, know? Yeah, no, you got to keep the keep the people happy. I, uh, it's it's fun, you know, to make work exciting, no matter what you do for a living, right? It's fun to be able to have some excitement around it and to sit down and enjoy. It's, like it's contagious to be around people that are like that, man. Right. It, it it feels good. <clears throat> oh, it's great having these beers with those guys. And yeah. times when we actually get to have it in a little bit more yeah. of an environment and be like, dude, you guys created this. I love like, the how line. How cool does that the, feel, Bruno? I love the line on the fun filled. Uh, just enough funk to be cool. That's right. It's a little funky. And I will tell you, uh, this podcast is meant to be uh, a shorter, a little bit shorter, but not as long as it has been. We are in the third hour of the podcast, and I hope you're still <laughs> with us. Uh, but uh, I, want, I wanted to say that uh, in that um, I hope you're having as good a time as we are uh, drinking this beer and talking about it. Uh, you need to get out there and get it. If you can get to Waterloo this weekend, um, you might not get some of the beers we're talking about, but now you're aware of, a, of a single speed, and, and you need to try it again. I know that they were sold out on some of the harder to get tickets, but uh, you can uh, you can get out there. Uh, they're open all the time. Uh, look up Single Speed Brewing, Dave Morgan. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dave. Great to meet you, man. Oh, and, thanks uh, for having me. This and, is fun. And Chris is Chris is uh, incapacitated. Drunk. He's drunk. We're gonna uh, we're gonna end it right here. I I want to say thank you so much uh, for listening, and look forward to uh, I think the next uh, one's gonna be. Uh, Possibly how whiskey is made. But if it isn't, it's going to be about whiskey more than likely. So thank you guys and listen to you soon to uh, listen to Iowa Drinks and uh, check us out wherever you can find podcasts.